Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less, realistically. It's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. Today we have another edition of Minimalism Stories. What I love about these episodes is we get not only different stories, but we also get really great perspectives and tips from those who have been doing minimalism, whether it's been for just a couple of years or 10 years like our guests today. And I just really love inviting different voices on the show. So today my guest is Leah Franklin of Leah's Simple Life. She and her husband, Matt, have been striving to live clutter-free since 2013 after realizing that their family of three was quickly outgrowing their 1,200 square foot home. They're still living in that same 1,200 square foot home with four kids, family of six, and Leah's passion for living a minimalist lifestyle with a large family in a smaller home led her to create Leah's Simple Life, which is where she shares tips, advice, and inspiration 
on motherhood and minimalism. I love following along with Leah. I loved talking to Leah. She is just such like a warm and inviting spirit and just so full of joy. And I know you're going to love hearing from her too. She's also just really fun. And today we're going to hear her story. We're going to get some of her great tips for getting started and making this a lifestyle change for anyone who's starting from the beginning or just anyone in general who is on this journey and needs that solidarity to keep going. So let's dive into my conversation with Leah. All right, Leah, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Before we really dig in, I would love to know a little bit more about you, um, who you are, your family, whatever you want to share. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me. I have been a long time OG listener of your podcast. So (laughs) to uh, to be on here is pretty surreal. So thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored. Um, But yeah, my name's Leah Franklin. I live in South Central Kentucky in a very small town. Um, I'm married. My husband, Matt, and I have four kids, two boys, two girls, aging from 10 all the way down to two. And we have been living a minimalist lifestyle for 10 years now, ever since 2013. And it has just really made a big impact on our family, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later on. And we also homeschool and we're plugged into our church. My husband preaches and we also sing and we have um, a singing ministry where we travel around and lead worship. So we definitely stay pretty busy, which is which is like a, a bad word in the minimalism world to be busy, but, but it's a good busy, I tell people. Um, all good things. And so, yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for listening to the show for so long. That yes. I'm so happy to hear um, and that you're still enjoying it all these years yes, later. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> and yeah, I, I love what you said about being busy. I have like a busy day today, but I'm excited about it. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be bad. It's just like no. whenever we whenever we force ourselves into feeling like we have to be busy, I think that's where definitely (laughs) there's there's a good there is a good busy I believe if you're enjoying it and it's all things that are you know filling your cup so to speak um I don't see anything anything wrong with that that's a good busy (laughs) yeah well I want to hear a little bit about your story you said you've been you and your family have been practicing minimalism for 10 years so yes how did that start for you and what what did the beginning of it look like, I guess? So I'm sure you have these moments in your own life where these certain moments just are just stick out to you so much and you'll never forget them. <laughs> so I have two memories uh, of like that with minimalism. Um, the first one being when I was pregnant with my first baby back in 2012. I will never forget sitting in her nursery after the baby shower And the nursery was completely filled to the brim with gifts. And I remember my husband and I sitting in the floor and we were just like, what are we going to do with all this stuff? (laughs) And like, it was our first baby. I'm an only child. So it was my parents' first grandchild. And, you know, we have, my husband has a big family. I have a large family. I have a large church family. We had a lot of gifts. And of course I was in the mentality of, these are all uh, blessings. This is These are gifts. There's no way I can get rid of any of it. I have to keep it all. So it was like a game of Tetris trying to fit all of the stuff into her nursery. 
So that was the first one. And then the second one was about a year later, um, of course, a year into motherhood. You know how that is. You're in the thick of it. And our home was just filled to the brim. That's that's the only way I can really describe it. We we couldn't even access or utilize the garage or the third bedroom because they were both storage spaces for us. And I remember people would come over and we would be like, don't go in the garage. You know, <laughs> they were just packed. And um, I'll never forget, I was actually working in radio at the time. I worked in radio for six years and I realized or I guess I um I decided that the answer to our problems was organization, that I needed to be more organized, um, which I think a lot of people kind of have that misconception. And so it was my lunch break and I was on YouTube and I was searching how to organize small spaces because we do live in a rather smaller home. And I'll never forget, I was looking up those videos on how to organize small spaces and I came across a video of Joshua Becker talking about this really weird word that I'd never heard before called minimalism. And he was actually speaking at a church that day. And it was about 45 minutes to an hour long. And I sat there and watched every bit of it. And when I tell you that it was like a light bulb moment, it was truly like a light bulb moment. And after that, I started researching about minimalism. Of course, I feel like that was, I'm not sure if it was really the beginning, but there really wasn't that many people talking about it at the time. So um, the main influences, I guess, that I had at the time was Joshua Becker. And then I found the minimalist after that. And so, yeah, I just researched and I was hooked after that. I, I remember on a Saturday, not long after that, I got this massive box so big that I think it was like um, like a stove, like a kitchen stove box. And I just went through and just started getting rid of everything. And I was kind of surprised at first that I really didn't have much emotional attachment. I think because I was so desperate to make a change that I was just kind of all in. Like I just... I think that I, I think I would have gotten rid of the kitchen sink that day if I could have. It's it's been a journey since then. I always tell people that it is a journey. It's never a destination. Um, I I don't think that you ever just arrive to this place where it's over and you don't have to do anything else anymore because there is always going to be a constant flow of stuff. You're always going to go through different seasons of life. There's always going to be things coming into your home and which means we have to do our part and we have to keep stuff going out as well. But yeah, it has really made a huge impact on our family. And that's why I love to talk about it. Yeah. I, I love that. I remember hearing you talk about your story a little bit and hearing you say Joshua Becker was where you first heard the word. I heard about it through the minimalism documentary, but it was like his parts in that yes. that really got me like, okay, this is possible with yes. the family. And I love that you say you like got to a point where you felt desperate. And so you're kind of ruthless about it because I think, yeah. I mean, I really do think that that is a good place to start the journey because for sure you're not as attached to stuff yes. when you are desperate to find I don't know more peace in your home so the story that you told about just like being in your daughter's nursery with so much stuff I had that same moment so yes. I want to hear though like before even that what did life look like before minimalism for you you know was was it always a lot of stuff like even before kids what did that look like? 
Yeah, definitely. The word that really comes to mind is just overwhelmed. I was just in a really big season of overwhelm. And I'm I'm not saying that I'm not now because I definitely still go through times of overwhelm. I mean, I have four children and we homeschool, obviously. But I, I feel like that it was different. It was an overwhelm that I never felt like I could get on top of. You know, it was just always this constant like pressure on me. And I worked full time outside of the home back then. And um, I worked, like I said, in radio for six years. And then I also worked for, um, sorry, for a Christian university. And we just lived super busy lives. We were constantly coming and going. Um, But even before that, like my husband brought all of his stuff into our marriage, like from his um, home. And then I actually lived in an apartment um, in college. So I brought all of my stuff. And I think that we just never dealt with it properly, you know, as I'm sure most people do, we just let it live in boxes and we let it sit and we don't really know what to do with it. So we just leave it and let it be. And we just did that for so long and it just kind of built up and built up. And then you're just trying to clean around everything and you're constantly busy. It was kind of like a snowball effect, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the word that really sticks out to me when I think back to that time is just, I was constantly overwhelmed. Um, I honestly never cooked back then because I would say that I didn't have time, um, because I was constantly trying to keep up with our home, with the cleaning, with the laundry, with working outside the home. Um, that's why I'm so passionate about spreading this message to other moms, because if, if you're a mom in general or anybody, honestly, you need this message, you know, that you don't have to keep all of this stuff, that there is a remedy to this constant cycle of overwhelm that you may be facing. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I love that you describe that, like just the, the norm of keeping stuff around. <laughs> like, yeah. forever. I don't know, yes. because I was really thinking about like, what's the difference? What's the biggest difference? obviously, you know, whenever you learn about minimalism, you start trying to bring less stuff in, you declutter and everything. But what's the difference from even someone who maybe their problem isn't that they're always bringing so much stuff in, like they don't have a shopping problem. It's not that it's just that, like, it's the mindset of the difference between when you're done with something, let it go to (laughs) to just feeling like you keep it around forever. And that's why, you know, we end up with garages or rooms just filled with stuff that we don't even know what's in there. Like I used to be the girl that would keep their clothes. Like I had in college, when I got married, which was after college, I still had clothes that I wore in high school and I was not the same person anymore. You know, like why was I holding on to those clothes from high school whenever I'm now a young married woman out of college, you know? Um, But I guess that was just that, a lot of people do it. It's just our nature. We just kind of want to hold on to things. But the freedom that you get from letting it go, you don't really realize that what you gain from letting those things go until you actually do it and it becomes easier and easier. And when you, I tell people all the time, when you start reaping the benefits and you start seeing all the good things that are happening because you are letting these things go, it just becomes so much easier. It's like a muscle. I know we've all said this, you have to strengthen that decluttering muscle. But once you do, it's and you start reaping the benefits. Look out. (laughs) Look out. You want (laughs) to simplify everything. You want to simplify your whole life. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. 
I always feel so much more put together and like I have my life together if I do one simple thing, and that is have my nails painted. I know it kind of sounds silly, but to me, it just feels like I have taken a little bit of extra time for myself. But the one thing that drives me crazy is how fast most nail polishes will chip. And that's why I love Olive and June so much. And I'm so grateful to have them as a sponsor on today's show. Olive and June's nail polish lasts seven days or more. And they have this Manny system that includes everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. I pull my little mani kit box out every week when I sit down and do my nails. Everything from the buffer to the nail file, all is just such good quality that it makes it feel like I've just gone to the salon. You get to customize the Olive and June Manny system with your choice of six polishes, and it breaks down to just $2 a manicure, and it even includes an acetone-free nail polish remover pot. Really everything you need for a good mani, including the award-winning cuticle serum, It is amazing and it will keep your nails feeling so healthy. I used to get my nails done at a salon every once in a while. And every time I did, my nails would end up pretty damaged. And the difference between all of that to using Olive and June's Manny system is huge because my nails are healthier than ever. And I just really love that routine of doing my nails at home versus traveling to a salon, booking the appointment, Olive and June also has press-ons, which look so real, last super long, and they're flexible. They have tons of sizes, so you can find the perfect fit. You can visit oliveandjune.com slash minimalish for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash M-I-N-I-M-A-L-I-S-H for 20% off your first Manny system. I would love to hear just like what are some of the biggest benefits that you and your family have seen from living with less? Well, and I'm not sure if I said this earlier, but we do live in a pretty small home, you know, according to, I don't know, the American standards, I guess. Um, And there's six of us living in 1200 square feet. And so, and that's the same house that I talked about earlier when um, we were busting at the seams, I mean, we really had to make a decision, okay, are we going to move and get a bigger house or are we going to make do with what we have? And um, I feel like I love my home so much more now because I have more space and it's easier to maintain. It's easier to clean. I'm not spending hours a day, you know, trying to keep up with everything. Um, Even laundry is not... Laundry is not a dark cloud hanging over my head anymore, (laughs) you know. Um, That doesn't mean I love to do it. I don't. I don't love to do it. But it's not a dark cloud hanging over my head anymore. (laughs) Um, And then just the freedom and the time. Time, I guess, is the biggest thing because I'm not spending tons of time um, cleaning and trying to maintain everything. And I truly believe that it's one of the things that led us to homeschooling, because if we didn't have the extra time and the extra space, there's no way that we could have pursued that. And I'm so thankful for that because that has been a whole other story and a whole other journey in itself. But I truly believe that, you know, just making that, that decision to, live with less and to live a more minimalist lifestyle has led to so many other different things. Um, And it's just been a really beautiful process. You know, 
especially as believers, we believe that, you know, uh, when we put our trust in the Lord and we let him direct our past, that he's going to lead us. And I know it might sound cheesy, but I, I just believe that that was part of his plan for me. And when I made that decision to go down this path, so many other good things have come from it. And I'm just really grateful. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Just seeing it as, you know, something that was directed by God. And oh, I, yes. I can fully agree with that in my own life and just seeing all the ways that he has changed me through minimalism. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love hearing that from you. And it's just so encouraging to hear. I, I'm really curious and you know, this is going to be like a little bit of a niche conversation <laughs> because not everyone homeschools, but I, I've gotten questions before of just like, can you have someone on to talk about like being minimal with homeschooling things? Yeah. So now that I have you, um, how, how old are your kids, first of all? So my oldest is 10. She'll be 11 in November. And then I've, so 10 all the way down to two. So I've got 10, eight, five and then two so little stair okay. steps <laughs> okay so is there anything and you know we're not going to make this the whole conversation but I yeah. would just love to hear like quick tips anything that minimalism has helped you keep things simple with homeschooling because I had thought about it and I was kind of just like gathering some things to try it out and I realized yeah. how quickly the stuff could accumulate so Definitely. what are some of your tips for anyone Definitely. who is listening that is a homeschooling mom it's like, there's too much stuff. <laughs> I know this is this. It's hard to even say, but <laughs> and I understand that it's hard. I mean, I do because I, even though I try to be as minimal as I can, I'm somebody that gets so excited about like the new pencils and the new crayons, you know, just that back to school feeling and all those new supplies. But we've been homeschooling for five years and I have found that simple is best. And I know that is, I hope that doesn't sound too cliche, but when you start accumulating more and more and more, you have to be honest with yourself and say, we're never going to get through all of this this year. And that's something that I also try to do is I try to just keep things that I know that we're going to use for this year. Because if you get halfway through or even just start and you, you realize that you need something else, how easy is it in today's culture to just get on Amazon or go to Walmart and just get whatever you need. You know, we just, we have that luxury, but just keep it the bare basics and then you can add to it, especially when it comes to curriculum, because especially my first year, I bought a ton of stuff and we didn't even use half of it. And I was like, okay, next year I need to reel this back in a little bit <laughs> because there's just, there's no way you can truly get through it all when you start just buying more and buying more. So I think you just kind of have to be honest with yourself and be like, what are we truly going to use? And if I feel like that I need something else to supplement or do something else, then I can go from there. But just don't feel like that you have to buy everything at one time. Because um, like I said, we are just blessed in this culture that we live in. And you can always add to if you need to. Well, I love that principle of just starting with simple in mind. And I've had teachers that kind of have asked me the same thing. And I think it would go for the same thing for like a classroom, right? You Definitely. start with less, you can always add more. Absolutely. And really, I'm, I'm putting decor in like one room at a time right now because we moved recently, especially like my 
our um toddler's room because she's just never really had any, any yeah just like a crib that's it yeah and so it's like okay well let's make this room nice and it's the same thing I'm just like okay start just, with simple in mind like what yes. do I already have and then like add just a few things so yeah I just feel like that can be applied in so many ways in so many areas like, of life I don't know about you but I kind of feel like that's part of the fun just kind of going slow and finding things that you really love instead of just going to Hobby Lobby and buying a bunch of stuff all at one time you know <laughs> you kind of make it like a almost like a treasure hunt type deal and you know you search for special pieces to go in your toddler's room I don't know I think that that's I think that's more fun to be honest with you <laughs> yeah it, it is I it's funny though a little bit like I feel like I it's been I've gone to both extremes <laughs> over the yeah. years oh, you know yes. you kind of do and different seasons sure. require different levels of simplicity because I went from just like I'll buy any decor that I see that I think is nice looking and you know my home is this just this hodgepodge mess of whatever yes. and then event and then I've gone to the other extreme where it's like nothing's on the walls because I am frozen I don't know what yes. to do <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about you said that your husband you and your husband discovered minimalism kind of before right before you ever had kids or right after as yeah. a new mom and I would love to hear like was he on board right away and then also as your kids have gotten older the different personalities like how have you navigated bringing them along with you in this journey and just yeah. what has that looked like for you I know that's a very loaded question but oh, it's kind of anything you want to share with <laughs> <Okay>. that <laughs> So Matt, my husband, I was the one that discovered minimalism first. And I remember <laughs> I, sometimes I feel like I'm an all or nothing kind of gal. You know, I get excited and I just want to dive in. Definitely. this That's how it was with minimalism. And I remember going to him. I don't know if it was that night or a few nights after that I'd watched the Joshua Becker video on YouTube. And I was like, babe, we're getting rid of all of our stuff. <laughs> You know, and he, I think he just kind of was like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, he didn't really understand it. Um, but I do remember the day where I had that huge box and I was filling it with stuff. He was like, what are you doing? And I said, I told you I'm getting rid of everything. So when I explained it to him, he was more on board, but I will say that it does come easier for me than it does him, especially, well, I guess I would say because he works so much, he is a business owner. And so I've, I feel like I have more free time to obviously do the decluttering and stuff. Um, but he loves the benefits. Okay. Now that we have been living minimally for several years, he loves how simplistic our home is and how much easier it is to manage. So he may not have been 100% on board in the beginning, but now that he has seen and reaped the benefits of it, he is most definitely on board. And I feel like I'm constantly saying, you know, uh, your drawers are getting a little stuffed. You may need to go through your stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm that positive uh, encouragement that he needs to, to yeah. keep his stuff simple. Oh, and I then as that. far as our kids, you know, since we started when my first daughter was a baby, I feel like this is kind of something that they've grown up with. Um, so they have never really seen or they've never really thought that we're different or weird, but I will say we have had a couple instances where we've had friends come over to our house, like the mom and the child come over and both the mom and the child will make comments that 
we don't have a ton of toys and but it, but it was never on the negative side it was always on the positive side that you know that their rooms were cleaner or it was easier to clean up and that's always been like a conversation starter is you know you don't have that many toys and so then I can kind of they open the door and I can kind of talk to them about you know well this is why and so yeah that's been really cool I will say I have one child who is very um, he loves to hang on to his treasures, so to speak. He finds a rock. It is his favorite rock. He wants to keep his rock forever, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and some things that I've done for him is I have this little basket box type thing and I call it his treasure box and I will let him put as much stuff as he wants to in that box. But I tell him, I say, you know, when this box gets so full that we can't, we can't close the lid anymore, then it's time that we go through it and we make some decisions. And I feel like just being positive with your kids about that process and talking with them. I tell people that all the time, talk to your kids about this process and why you're doing it. You know, kids have way more understanding than what we give them credit for. And so I have always been a big believer in talking with my kids through the process, even if they don't like it as much. Um, you know, you still talk with him through it. And so when his little treasure box gets full, we will go through it and say, okay, not all of these can be your absolute favorite. So let's pick out our absolute favorites. And now that he's eight years old, he does a great job of this. He'll say, mom, my basket's getting full. We need to go through it. So, <laughs> But he is, he is my little treasure keeper. And I don't want to stifle that in him. I don't want to discourage that because I love that about him that he can find so much beauty in a simple thing as a rock. Um, But it's just, it's just a way of encouraging him how to work through those situations. Yeah. I just love how you talked about it because I think a lot of people have that issue of just like, well, I have a kid who loves to keep everything and how do I deal with that? And I, you know, I have it with my five-year-old she loves to keep all of her craft things and I'm not about to tell her like hey we have to throw this like I don't know whatever it is that you made away like and there I I just have conversations with her that like if we keep all of it just think where would where would it fit we can't keep every single thing but we can keep your favorites and yes I think that that is just so important that we we teach and talk yes through those things and you know, and, whether or not they live minimalism out in their whole yeah. life, like who, who cares? But yeah. at the same time, you're teaching them skills that it's okay to let go of things. Absolutely. And and even as simple as decision-making skills, you know, the skills that I feel like we're teaching our kids now are, like you said, even if they don't pursue minimalism, they will use those skills somewhere along their life and it's going to benefit them in some way, you know. Yeah. I will say one no more way. thing about kids and even adults in general. I do this with myself. I'm a big believer in setting boundaries for your things. I think um, I've heard a few people talk about this. I've, um, I think Dana White calls it the container method. I've heard it called the boundary method. But I feel like this is such a good way, especially if you have a kid that is like that, is to set a boundary. So, um, like for my child, I said, I have that little basket. That's his treasure basket. That's his boundary. So when that boundary is full, then you're forced to make decisions, but you could do this for anything and everything for kids clothes. You could set a boundary, you know, say I'm only keeping their clothes in this dresser drawers 
And if it, if the drawers get too full, then we know that it's time to go through them and declutter. Um, so like I said, you could use that method for anything, but especially for kids, it kind of gives them a visual representation of, okay, I have this basket for stuffed animals, but the basket's now overflowing. So we need to go through and get rid of a few so that they can fit back into the boundary, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. We have a treasure box that mostly like craft stuff goes into it or just like, I don't know, a McDonald's toy, things like yes. that, you know, <laughs> that she wants to keep. It's kind of big, but it's one of those underbed containers. Yeah. And she enjoys going through it and decluttering it from time yes. to time. And it's fun to watch her realize like, oh, I've kind of like grown out of caring about this thing, you know, Definitely. <laughs> and have those moments and, and make those decisions herself. So Definitely. I, I love that idea of boundaries. And I think like we all need them, right? We, we all, all need them. Need those spatial boundaries. We all need them. Okay. So kind of, I mean, spatial boundaries is one way, but I want to hear, are there some other things that you do to maintain a minimalist home? Especially you said you have 1200 square feet with six people. So there's got to be things that you do yeah. to maintain it <laughs> and any like routines or systems that you want to share. Yeah. Been impactful for you. For sure. I think being in a constant state of decluttering, I, I talk about it um, with the term maintenance decluttering. You're just kind of always in that maintenance mode. I think that that comes after your really big declutters, you know, you know, after you've, after you've decluttered basically your whole house, then you kind of go into maintenance mode, which is basically just keeping up with what you've already done. And so I really try to integrate this into my everyday life instead of making it like this big, gigantic to do. So for an example, in my, I have a laundry closet instead of a laundry room. And I have this bin that I keep at the top and it's for all of my things that I'm going to donate. So if I'm sitting there sorting the laundry and I come across a shirt that has a hole in it, you know, obviously I'm going to discard that. Or if I come across a shirt that I know my kid has grown out of, I will toss it up into the bin. Just kind of being in that constant state of not letting things get back to their home you know, without looking at it first. Um, I'm not going to let, if my child is wearing a 5T, I'm not going to let a 3T shirt go back into their drawers. Do you see what I'm saying? So kind of being in that constant state of maintenance, you know, um, when I'm hanging up my clothes, if I see something, well, I've not wore this in six months to a year, I pull it out. Instead of making it like, okay, this Saturday, I'm it's my decluttering day and I'm going to do the whole house. If you kind of find ways to integrate it into your everyday life, it becomes way less overwhelming and much more manageable that way. Uh, I'm trying to think oh, if we're cleaning up toys and I come across a toy that my kids just don't care about anymore, or they've not played with for a while, then I'll go ahead and put it in the donation pile. I think if you can get into that cycle of constantly maintaining um it just becomes a lot easier yeah and I mean it just almost becomes a part of like maybe your cleaning routine or whenever for you're sure cleaning the rooms yes. it like decluttering is just part it's of just it. part it's of it yes mind. yeah yes now I will try to do a big whole house declutter I guess you could call it at in January of every year. Um, I like to do it in January because obviously it's a new year and you kind of want to just feel fresh. But also where I live in Kentucky, it's freezing cold and winter. And so that kind of also gives me something to do, you know, since we're not outside. Uh, so I do like to do a whole house declutter where I really get into the nitty gritty and I 
get into the, the, the closets and pull everything out. So I will do one of those once a year. But now that I've been doing the maintenance decluttering for so long, you know, the declutter pile is not nearly as big as what it was, let's say, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, it can be fun to, to go through and, oh, yes. and dig into those spaces, especially if you're knowing that, okay, I'm going to do this once a year and it's For not sure. just constantly on your mind. Yes. And when you've already gone through and you're already living in that mindset of less, yeah. it doesn't feel overwhelming anymore. And I think you mentioned something a few minutes ago and it's important to revisit things because something that I may have kept last year may not serve me anymore this year. So I think it is important to do those at least once a year, just do a big declutter once a year, because something that served you a year ago may not be serving you now. And so you may have, you may be in a different season of life. You know, if you're, if you don't have infants anymore, you may not need the boppy pillow anymore, you know? So something that served you then may not serve you now. So definitely revisit those things. Even sentimental items. Um, I have like this box, a boundary I give myself for all my sentimental things. And it's funny because I will often revisit those things. And things that were sentimental to me three five years ago, aren't really that sentimental to me anymore. So I feel like that I have given myself permission to let those things go because I'm just in a different season of life now. I'm in a different headspace now. So definitely revisit things. Yeah, so good. That's important. I would love to hear just any advice that you have for someone who might just be getting started, might feel like they're in that place where they're so overwhelmed, but they don't know where to start. I would say that you need to gain some inspiration from somewhere, whether it be YouTube videos or Instagram accounts or podcasts like this one. You know, even even with my decluttering journey and my homeschooling journey, I'm somebody that just needs to get plugged in with people. Um, and I need that encouragement. Like I love to gain encouragement from other people that are going through the same things that I'm going through. And so, especially with decluttering, I just, like I told you earlier, I watched all the videos. I read all the books that I could, you know, I just, I did research, but, and that was to gain knowledge, but it was also to gain inspiration and encouragement just to know that, Hey, there are other people that are going through this, that have gone through this. And now they've come out on the other side, so to speak. And if they can do it, I can do it too, you know? So I would definitely say gain some inspiration from some kind of outlet. And then I always tell people, you just got to start. You you just have to start. If it's small, if it's big. I started with my kitchen. I don't know if I would really recommend that to people now. But like I told you, I was just kind of gung-ho and just wanted just to throw everything out. Um, but if you're somebody that really struggles with letting things go, start with something small and then work your way up. But I really believe that when people start, like I've said 10 times, when you start reaping the benefits and you start seeing the positive impact that it's having on even just your day-to-day -day life, it's going to become easier. Um, and like I said, you're it's going to be a snowball and you're going to want to simplify your whole life. <laughs> Yeah. And I think what you said, like gaining inspiration and then just starting, like those two things go together so well, because even yes. if you are a person who like procrastinates and are hesitant to start, 
if you are listening to podcasts or watching others on YouTube do it, eventually you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how many rooms I have decluttered with your podcast in my ears <laughs> while I'm decluttering. <laughs> that makes me so happy to hear. Yes. I love that so much. And it's it's just funny because I am one of those people that like, <laughs> it takes me, it takes me a second to get started on something yeah. because I I just look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, how, how are we going to do this? I, I get overwhelmed, whether it's a stuff in my home or like a project for work or what. Yeah. So I, I need that inspiration. So I'm happy to, you know, be a creator of it and you do yes. the same with yes. Instagram. So I love that. Um, while we're on the topic really quickly, could you share just, um, where, where you are online and where people yeah. can come find you? So my Instagram handle is Leah's Simple Life. So Leah's with an S, <laughs> Leah's Simple mm -hmm. Life. And I have had that platform since 2019. I really started it because um, I kind of just needed a creative outlet. And I'm also really passionate about simplifying and living an unoverwhelmed, decluttered lifestyle. So I kind of paired those two together. And yeah, I love I love Instagram. I always joke that I'm a really bad Instagrammer. <laughs> Just because of this season of life I'm in, I feel like one day I will be on there multiple times and then you won't hear from me for two or three days. <laughs> but um, I do I do try to offer a lot of inspiration and encouragement over there. So I would love to have you join along. I'm the same way. And I <laughs> I think that's just like life with kids, right? But it's, it yes. is fun to have that creative outlet. And I can say for sure that you are just such an encouraging spirit on there. So I, oh, hope that, thank you. Um, I hope that others come and find you and feel encouraged and inspired by, by you sharing your journey as well. Okay, so a couple of things. I always ask guests something that they're simplifying right now. So could you share something you're simplifying right now? So this summer, I have really been trying to simplify my social media usage. Uh, and I think this kind of comes with it sometimes when you're a con content, content creator and you're just kind of having to always be on there. But I feel, I feel like I was in this cycle of I just could never put my phone down. Uh, like if I was going to the kitchen or another room, I would just pick my phone up and take it with me. And that was just really weighing with heavy on my heart. And I was honestly just feeling really convicted about it. So this summer, I've been really trying to just detach myself from my phone and making it a point to just leave it on the kitchen counter. And, you know, I don't have to check it every, <laughs> every two seconds, which is really hard in this, in this day and time that we live in, you know, I never thought that that would be a struggle, but it really is, especially like you said, when your work is online and you do a lot of work online, but I, I definitely think that it's important to detach yourself from that sometimes and have social media breaks, turn your phone off for the whole weekend and just kind of, you know, detach and take a mental break. So that's definitely something that I've been working on this summer. Yeah, I am right there with you. You know, our phones are made to be so addicting that yes. it's such a struggle for so many of us. And yeah. it's been, yeah, it's been a big thing on my mind too. And it, for, it really, for a long time, actually. it really takes intentionality and a lot of discipline. You know, yeah. you would think something you know, as measly as a little old phone could have that much hold on us, but they really do. And, you know, I've, I've really been trying like to leave my phone in the car when we go into a restaurant because 
you know, I just don't want it on me. I don't want it on my person because <laughs> yeah. I, I miss and I love and I value those just connections and those actual communication and discussions that, that I feel like are lost in, in this day and time, but I'm determined to get them back. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I'm right there with you. I also, I actually have, I have two, I have one extra question because it's, we're doing like a minimalism stories, but um, my next question is what is something that you're loving right now? I have been trying to discover some hobbies. I have just always been a person that I don't really have a hobby. I mean, I guess you could say Instagram is a hobby, but my husband um, bought a motorcycle at the first of this year and I was so against it. at first. (laughs) And he talked me into going on a ride with him and I was hooked ever since. So I've really been enjoying some date nights going out riding. And it's just, it's one of those things like it's just you and the open air and there's no radio, you know, you're just quiet. I don't know. There's just something very therapeutic about it (laughs) that I really love. And um, I've also been reading a lot of books here lately and just really trying to do things that um, I know that fill my cup. Um, So I've been reading a lot of books lately and I've been making a lot of bread lately. I feel like everybody's making bread right now. (laughs) I'm not making sourdough because I'm not that talented yet. I'm just doing very basic sandwich bread. But I'm telling you, working with your hands, there's just something about it. Yeah. Oh, I love all those um, things that you mentioned. But I it's funny because I think there have been a couple of episodes lately where I've talked about trying. I keep wanting to try to make bread and I just still even haven't done it. But um, <laughs> it's just funny that you mentioned that because I'm like, <laughs> well, I have a recipe on the podcast. <laughs> I do have a recipe if, if I can send it to you. It's very easy and very basic because I, I feel like sourdough is, uh, I don't know, I'm just not there yet. But this is, yeah. you just mix some ingredients together and knead it and it's good to go. So Ooh, maybe start good, out with that bread. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, <laughs> send that to me. <laughs> okay, my very last question, I promise. Um, it's just, is there anything that you've been learning about minimalism lately? I think this is a branch of minimalism, but I've really been intrigued lately with slow living, which is a topic that I'd heard about, but I'd really never dug in and dive deep into. But I I 100% think that slow living is like a branch off of minimalism. I think the two are married together. So I have really been enjoying um, some YouTube videos and podcasts and books on slow living and just kind of like the phone ordeal I was talking about, just completely laying it down, laying the phone down and just being intentional with your time, having those face-to-face conversations, um, you know, building relationships with your next door neighbor, just things that I feel like have gotten lost in today's society that slow living really tries to cultivate. And I have really been enjoying learning more about slow living. Oh, I love that. I love slow living. What are there any books that have been really great that you've read recently? Oh gosh, you put me on the spot. I can't, (laughs) I I have a list on my phone, which I'm on my phone now, but I really loved um, Madison Gray. I think's her name on YouTube. Um, And let's see, Malama Life on YouTube is really good too. Those two YouTube channels I've been binge watching. (laughs) Okay. 
Okay. Well, thank you for sharing those. I'll yes. Into them. And I'll link them in the show notes as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for, I, I feel like we talked forever. So I love, <laughs> obviously I loved our conversation. Yes, so thank you so too. much for coming on the show and yes. just sharing your heart for simplifying and, and your story. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's been so much fun. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Leah today. What I loved about this conversation is just how real Leah is and how much this felt like having a conversation with a friend. That's all for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, if you were inspired by it in some way, I would love it if you would share it with a friend. You could text it to them. You can share it online somewhere, on Instagram, wherever you like to share things. Thank you so much for doing that. And thank you so much for just being here and listening in. I will be right back here again next week and I will talk to you on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.